Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 731 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today, we have another edition of the Bold Beginnings series, a series that began back on episode 702 with Honeymooning. And then it went to 706, Adult Diagnosis, 711, Terminology Part 1, 712, Terminology Part 2, Episode 715, Bold Beginnings, Fear of Insulin, Episode 719, The 1515 Rule, Episode 723, Long-Acting Insulin, Episode 727, Target Range. And on today's episode, Jenny Smith and I will discuss food choices. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox Podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise, always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry, take the survey. When you complete the survey, which will take fewer than 10 minutes, you'll be helping people with type 1. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash, and here's how you can find out. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by Dexcom and the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Head over to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to find out if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. When you use my links, you're supporting the show. Hi, Jenny, and welcome back to the bold beginnings. I, I can't pretend that we didn't just record another episode. I'm sorry. Never mind. Hi, Scott. It's very <laughs> lovely to see you again. <laughs> Jenny and I just finished one, and we're moving into food choices. So there's a ton of uh, feedback here from people. Uh, really uh, uh, enough that I'm not certain we're going to get through it, but we'll give it a shot. Um and I'm going to start the conversation based on uh, based on a conversation that I had just recently with a young person in their 20s with type 1 diabetes. And just we were talking about all kinds of stuff. And in the middle of it, she said, having diabetes really messes up food for you. She's like, it just, you start looking at it like, what is that going to do? And, you know, is this, or, you know, maybe I won't eat that because of what it's going to do. Or it doesn't feel worth it to me to fight with this for three hours. Um, she said she never thought about food like that prior to diabetes. And, and right. it's a fair statement. So let's dive right in because there's a ton here. This person says that grocery shopping seemed incredibly difficult at the beginning. And it was also emotional. She said they were mm-hmm. trying to eliminate some of the kind of quote unquote, not good for you foods uh, that my daughter was getting. But then she saw me crying as we went down the aisles. Wow. Mm. So that sounds like really in the beginning. Because you're feeling, I'm going to guess, not a therapist, Jenny, but that's a sense of loss, right? It is. And there's a sense of loss, I think, in many things. But because food is is a major part of diabetes management, it Mm. is. Because food is also a basic necessity of life. We have to eat. We can't just say, well... 
that affects now. this. So yeah. I'm just going to just not do that anymore. Right. I, I, but we, we have to eat food. Um, so what you've been used to doing may need to change. Now, you know, one step into that is, was what you were doing not the greatest or was it not as healthy anyway? And could you start to see some of these changes once you mentally get over all of the the hard stuff that it takes Mm -hmm. to navigate through all these thoughts? Um, Can you start to see this as a well, gosh, as a family, we could clean this up. We, we could be doing this versus that. Right. And it would be better for all of us, right? Um, but it, it is, it's it's hard. Yeah, um, and, and not everyone's going to take that path either. And, no. And I will tell you that some people see it as a challenge too. Like, oh, just because we have diabetes now doesn't mean I'm you can't change me. I'm going to figure this out, right? Um, right. It's funny because I'm somewhere mixed into that idea. I'll probably figure it out as we're talking. Uh, This first and biggest worry I had was limitations of food. Uh, What in the world was I going to feed my kid? Because she only really ate a few things to begin with. Yeah. Uh, um, And those things all had carbs. And that's where then you work with that because so much has changed with the child's life to begin with. Mm -hmm. That that's not a starting place for being like, well, you're just going to eat broccoli today because that's so much better for you <laughs> than okay. whatever it was the, the child. No, no, no. That, I mean, that's not appropriate. Right. But um, well, it's then learning. Well, the ten things that your kid does eat, figure those out. Yeah, and eventually move on. The same person said that they then had a, a, an appointment with a dietitian a number of days later where the dietician lifted the fear by just saying, hey, listen, you can eat what you want, but you have to cover it with insulin. But -hmm. then they didn't give them the rest of the information, which is, you know, what this whole thing's about, right? Like is, you know, 10 carbs this and 10 carbs that might not hit the same. Right. Uh, So they, they went from, oh my God, there's nothing my kid can eat to, oh, it doesn't matter, they can eat anything, to then realizing we don't seem to be very good at bolusing for those right. things. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they ran into that idea of like, well, well, this must be what it is. Now, this next person says, I was confused about the different views between low carb and like a regular diet. And mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't realize that you could use insulin skillfully and still have oh. and still have a great A1C. And we do that now, but there still are times that we might not want a bunch of insulin on board, so we eat appropriately around that. Correct. So that's um that's a really thoughtful that see that's somebody who's been through it already and figured it out. You know. Or has kept enough even in a shorter period of time has kept enough notes or has done some trend analysis or looked enough at what is going in and has seen well, when we do this, this works out pretty well. We've got it figured out whether it, you know, is an apple or fruit snacks, they figured it out. Right. But then comes in, you know, the other types of things and they say, well, these are the variables. I think it would be easier if we just have less overall insulin, maybe we could go this route for this type of setting and it works better for us. Mm -hmm. Great. That's, it's probably adding a good amount of variety anyway, which is healthy in your nutrition intake overall to begin with. This next person's point, I agree with completely. So 
you know, they talked about, you know, I never thought about glycemic index in foods um, before this, obviously. She said the podcast helped her think about it. Uh, but that she did make some pretty, what she thought were obvious decisions on some things. And, and she puts a little list here, but I'll tell you for certain, little things like if you have pancake syrup in the house, get a sugar-free one. Like that's a, I mean, just like why, what are you punishing yourself for, right? You know, like, like first of all, I don't know if you've ever really thought about it, but you start squirting that syrup on everything. By the time you're done, you have a half a cup of it in there. You're basically drinking 40 carbs of sugar, you know, out of nowhere. Oh, so much more. <laughs> so much more than that. Yes. But yes. So so if you're going to have pancakes, so okay, fair enough. I still want to have pancakes. Have pancakes. Use the sh- sugar-free syrup. It makes it easier on you. Do you have to? No. I mean, I, there are people who listen to this podcast who think this podcast is about the idea that you can eat whatever you want. I mean, I think the podcast is about understanding how insulin works, but fair enough. So, um, but yeah, that kind of thing, or here's a super easy one. No one's ever going to tell you, make sure you're buying bread that has no high fructose corn syrup in it. Super easy decision to make, makes things much, much simpler. Um, And if you go a step further, get sprouted grain bread. So much mm-hmm. easier glycemically than even the typical white breads that might say they're organic with no added corn syrup or whatever. But the more the more unprocessed something is, yeah. the better you're going to find your glycemic kind of, you know, outcome. If you're a person who absolutely has to have soda, and I have to admit, I don't understand that. I, I don't ever drink soda really, but um, it, it, Arden and I went out to lunch the other day and we're like, can we have two unsweetened iced teas? And she goes, we're out of unsweetened iced tea. And I was like, supply chain issues. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and yes. we, we were both like, we'll have a diet Coke. And I, at a meal where I probably would have drank a couple of iced teas, mm-hmm. I did not get through the diet Coke. It just, yeah. it's not for me. But if you have to have soda, God bless, drink diet soda and then you don't have to worry about that thing. You, like it's, right. There are simple places where just for health in general, forget if you don't have diabetes, you could be cutting out sugar. And, right. and at the same time, it just makes this whole thing easier, especially in the beginning. There's still times when people send me graphs and I'm like, look, do yourself a favor. Eat a simpler diet for a couple of days while you're figuring this out. Like you don't know what you're doing. And on top of that, you're trying to bolus for lucky charms. <laughs> like, you know. Right. <laughs> Yes. That's like, that's, that's an ninja level decision you're trying to make here. You, and you just started yesterday, you know, right. You know, that, that yeah. kind of an idea. Um, you okay with that? You want, you like, I'm not saying to restrict your diet. I'm saying. Okay. Let's head together to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. The first thing we'll do is brace ourselves. Cause there's a photo of me there and it's not. I mean, it's not pleasant. It's the best picture I could take. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, I apologize. Omnipod. They're makers of the Omnipod 5. It's the first tubeless automated insulin delivery system. It's an algorithm-based system. It's probably what you've been waiting for. Omnipod 5 is the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6. It is now available for people with type 1 diabetes ages 6 years and older. Featuring smart adjust technology, the pod adjusts insulin delivery based on your customized target glucose, helping to protect against high and lows day and night. Where do you find out about this? Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. 
Now, if you're not in the market for an algorithm-based system, you might want to take a look at the Omnipod Dash, and you may be eligible for a test drive, a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You can also learn this at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Just scroll down to the big purple box and start reading. After that, you fill in the tiniest bit of information and you're on your way. So whether you're looking for the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash, you want to go to my link, omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There, everything is well explained and easy to understand. A tubeless insulin pump is within your grasp. Head over there now. When you're done, I'd keep going right to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Now, here's the good news about this. Dexcom.com forward slash, I'm typing, I'm sorry, forward slash juice box. Here's what you're going to get there, or moreover, not get, a photo of me. So it's a nice, relaxing, and calm experience. No pictures of Scott. Instead, what you're going to get is the breakdown about the Dexcom G6. You're going to learn about zero finger sticks glucose readings that are right on your smart device, customizable alerts and alarms, and how to get started right now with the Dexcom G6. You can make better diabetes treatment and diabetes management decisions with zero finger sticks and no calibrations. The Dexcom G6 lets you see your glucose numbers with just a quick glance at your smart device and receiver. Get alerted when your glucose levels are headed high or low and share your data with up to 10 followers. And the Dexcom G6 is covered by most insurance plans. There's details surrounding all of what I've just said, but those details are at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You don't want to, I mean, listen, you don't have to listen to me, right? You can do whatever you want. My daughter's been wearing an Omnipod since she was four and she's 18. She's been wearing a Dexcom since, I don't know, she was six or seven and she's 18. These items are at the core of our decision-making process, moment to moment, hour to hour, day to day with type one diabetes. And you know what? They could probably help you a lot with type two diabetes as well. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. I am contractually obligated to say that for full safety and risk information about the Omnipod, plus free trial terms and conditions, you can visit Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. I'm going to get you back to Jenny now, who, by the way, works at IntegratedDiabetes.com, in case you're interested in working with her. Like, I'm not saying to restrict your diet. I'm saying... Make, make potentially wiser decisions and or see what you're doing, are you constantly having problems no matter what you're trying? Maybe you're at the level of getting the majority of stuff, but there are a few things where like the maple syrup or the regular sodas, or you can't get over drinking juice. Okay. We know what, I mean, juice is recommended for a low blood sugar treatment. Don't, don't drink juice. (laughs) There's no reason to just drink juice, eat the fruit. Don't drink the juice. Jenny, Uh, I grew up in a house where nobody understood nutrition and orange juice was seen as healthy. As hell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was. Yeah. It's, you know, and you have a giant it's better than soda it. from a from a from I guess nutrient quality, especially if you're getting the <laughs> not from concentrate, whatever. Okay, Jennifer, that um, is that is not a good marketing line. It's better than soda. That does not breed. Uh, but in all of your foods, I mean, I'm telling you right now, no high 
fructose corn syrup. If you just cut that out of the things you're buying, huge deal. If you can, um, I know, listen, it's time consuming, but try to stay away from things in bags or boxes. These things have preservatives in them that make them more difficult to bolus for. Um, I made my own potato chips last weekend, which yeah. took hours, but I found relaxing. People made fun of me, but that's okay. Um, and you should see how much less impact that had on Arden's blood sugar versus any kind of a potato chip that would come out of a bag. And you would Because think, you know what you did to them. It was a russet There's potato a with salt on it. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's nothing else in it. I mean, except for whatever they sprayed on those potatoes before we bought them. Um, <laughs> oh, you didn't buy organic potatoes, I, Scott. I, I don't know if I did or not. I was just making. The, <laughs> I was just making the point for the situation. I'm teasing. Well, I, I you did. know, who knows? Organic versus non-organic. Yeah. Who knows what floats through the air? And uh, I'm sure whatever. there's a way to get around that distinction already. Here, yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of statements here about my first food shopping was completely overwhelming. Um, we weren't carb counting. And we had to work in 15 grams of carb portions. Oh, my, oh this, mm. this poor person uh, was not carb counting. So they were eating either 15, 30, 45, 60. Um, that's a lot of- and that would be more of like a sliding scale kind of concept of this many carbs take this much insulin and that's all and the then use this correction you. if your blood sugar's in this range. And, yeah. the, and then the end of her statement I've seen online a million times and heard from people in general, which was that was way too much food for my kid. My kid wasn't eating 30 carbs at a sitting. They were a little, but they wanted right. more than 15. And now they're force feeding. They're telling the kid, you got to finish this because we bolus for it, which is not a good start to your life with no. diabetes. That's for sure. Not um, at all. No. I mean, and uh, you know that that's really old school. I mean, that's that's really what I learned, mm-hmm. and that was really old old school education. I mean, I could remember when I was taught. I was so excited when I was taught to read a food label, <laughs> and I could cover carbs with insulin better. I was so excited about that because it just I don't know it widened up things. And I still wasn't the grocery shopper. I mean, it was still my mom, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. It just made a difference. (laughs) This person said that uh, they ran home from the hospital, threw out everything with sugar in it based on no, no, no information at all from anyone just thought that was the right thing to do. And then it took them months to realize that this stuff still had carbs in it. And it probably didn't matter one way or the other. Uh, People said, I wish someone would have told me the best carbs to carry with me. Um, Mm, That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do. Do you ever see like, here's one that floors me, right? Chocolate's not good, a good treatment to stop a low with, right? No, not at all. People it's full of fat. That. Yeah, but people do that all the time, right? Like, so you want simple sugar that's absorbed easily um, through your body. Think about like if you ever had that emergency gel, they tell you to rub it in the cheeks, uh, you know, inside yep. of your cheeks. So juice works really well. Um, a lot of people. Another just- really good one are the the honey sticks. Okay. Especially if you're someone who really doesn't want to do all of the processed color filled candies and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The long skinny honey sticks work really well. I've seen a lot of people um, comment about, and I've done it myself when I've had like lack of something in a purse is just the sugar packets at a restaurant. Yeah. They work awesome. Dump it under your tongue. It dissolves right away and it is quick. It works. I remember having to do that with Arden one time and she was like, ew, no. And I, I said, well, just pour it on your tongue, and I was like, and melt it in your spit. Hold it in your mouth for a little while before you swallow it. <laughs> Swish it, it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, 
get it. Make sure you get on all your teeth so we can end up at the dentist. <laughs> um, but but that that's also a great good example. If you're giving people sugar overnight, you might start seeing um, you might dental start caries, seeing, yeah, you know, dental problems. And I've had a dentist on. Actually, his episode will be out pretty soon. So by the time this is out, it'll probably have been out. Where he said, you know, look, I'm not telling you to jump up in the middle of the night and brush your teeth. He's like, but have water by the bedside, and when you're done, just swish it around your mouth and clear your mouth out. It would be a big deal to do that. Um, yep. Okay, so best carbs to carry around, simple sugars that work quickly. Um, I wanted to say simple sugar, too, if people are looking at labels. The simplest, like most most easily digested carbohydrate is 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 glucose, right? Which is why we have glucose tablets, but glucose is dextrose. So on candy labels, if you're looking for a candy, look for glucose or dextrose within the first three ingredients. And then you've got something that's going to work really quick. Okay. Um, and then after that, I think find what works for you too. Right. And, and let me say this, just don't think that because you opened the package, you have to eat them all. You know, if you if you have a little single serving, like, I don't know, gummy package and there's 10 pieces in there, five of them might fix your low blood sugar. You know, don't feel weird about throwing the other five away or twisting it up for later or something like that. You don't have to eat them all because you opened it up, which is a thing that people fall into um, all the time. All right. Now's the time. Let's see. Hold on a second. This person actually made your point earlier that this might be a good time to make a sweeping change in how you eat. If you if you looked up and saw that your diet's not a healthy one, it's a good ex- right. it's a good excuse to do something about it. Um, so that was yours. And as you said earlier too, you know, the least processed or the less processing of a food most often means the food is is clean, if you will, right? There's not a lot that's been added to it, whether it's corn syrup or all of the additives that they keep to preserve it on the store shelves. I mean, the best places to shop in the grocery store, it's around the perimeter. You've got your fresh produce, lots and lots of non-starchy, great vegetables, healthy fruits. You've got your protein sources. It's it's the aisles that are the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I've you've seen I've seen it before. They're they're the the grocery store is actually set up just the way Jenny said. Like, look at it one day. They you know they concentrate kind of the crappy food in the internally. Middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, they do. <laughs> so, so here's one. What were the free snacks? I wish somebody would have given me a list of free snacks. And that's a funny statement to me because. Mm. Because it's not always free, right? Like, you know, I understand the concept like a like a cheese stick might be considered or a Slim Jim or something like that. You know, if you're but if your blood sugar is, I don't know, 120 and having a cheese stick, you know, doesn't have carbs in it. it OK, I get your point. Maybe you don't need insulin for it right away. But if you really listen to the podcast and if you've lived with diabetes for a while, you start realizing that. You know, the fat and the cheese could slow down your digestion, which could push up your blood sugar, or you could eat meat that later would be broken down and stored as glucose. There's nothing that's like legitimately free, I don't think. Iceberg lettuce. There you go. Okay. Jenny's not. I mean, unless you literally eat the entire head of iceberg lettuce, and I'm not saying that that doesn't have carbs in it, it Mm -hmm. does. But I mean, iceberg lettuce and many of the greens will have very limited, if 
any impact blood sugar wise, right. right? I mean, on a whole big dinner size, plate sized spinach salad, I might add to what I'm kind of swag calculating mm-hmm. on that, maybe five extra grams for all of the greens okay. that are there, yeah. really. Um, the rest of the stuff that you add on top of that is what needs counting. Mm-hmm. All of those other non-starchy you know, bell peppers and onions and mushrooms and cucumbers, they have carbs in them. They were, I mean, the concept of free, again, is kind of an old concept. It kind of is like that 15, 30, 45 grams per meal. And you take this amount of insulin. I got to know free foods as, as a newly diagnosed as my aunt and uncle would bring to family gatherings, big vegetable trays because Jenny could eat those foods for free. (laughs) And man, did I eat them? I'm quite sure if I had a CGM, my mom would have been like, man, we got a dose for those cucumbers, right? (laughs) Arden goes on kicks where she eats tons of Mm -hmm. carrots. And we bowl, mm. we bowl this for the carrots. Like, Oh, yeah. You know. Carrots are one of the carbier, non-starchy type of mm-hmm. vegetables, definitely. The, the point is this, is that in the beginning, you might not know what you're doing. You might have your basil too high, and so you don't notice things like this. But as you start to get your settings right, understand diabetes more, you're going to start seeing the impacts of those so-called free foods. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've got a four-year-old and they want to snack six times a day, I, I take your point. And you should definitely right. find those ideas. Um, you know, a, a, a little piece of, I don't know, cheese is definitely going to be less of a hassle for you blood sugar wise than giving them an orange slice. And know. for a four-year-old from a standpoint, a portion that cheese stick or the Slim Jim or a piece of, you know, grilled chicken or a boiled egg or whatever it may be, it's probably going to have pretty little to no right. impact whatsoever in the portion that that child is eating versus the adult who's like, well, I'm just going to eat a big old six ounce chicken breast because there aren't any carbs in it. Well, that's not going to work out so well. (laughs) And, and, and that makes me think too, if you do have a toddler or a kid who's running around all the time, there may be an amount of, of carbs they can take in throughout the day that will look free because they were going to get low and you're just kind of counterbalancing it before you see it. Yeah, you're kind of bolstering with little snips in between. And that's often the way that toddlers eat too, Mm -hmm. right? A little bit here, a little bit there. They may eat two strawberries. They might eat, you know, a bite of cheese. They might, that's just what they do. Right. So if you're in a situation where you think, oh my God, my kid eats throughout the day and they never eat insulin, try thinking about it like this instead. It's not a free food. You're pre-carbing a low before the low happens. Right. You're treating before it happens and you don't even realize it. it yeah. C- could be the situation. Um, I wish somebody would have given me a list of foods. That's interesting ah. because then that's, you know, we get into eating styles. And I don't know that doctors would want to be pushing an eating style on you one way or the other. But uh, I mean, you should definitely see a dietitian who could help you with that. You know, and, and I would, I would request a dietitian who specifically is a diabetes educator, if possible. If mm-hmm. where you live, that is a possibility. <clears throat> I will say that being a dietitian myself, I know diabetes for many reasons, obviously, but had I gone into the realm of 
cancer management as a dietitian. Right. Even my life with diabetes would have taught me something, but I may not be quite so good at education outside of that because that wasn't my realm of, okay. of professional work. Yeah. I've learned a lot by working with so many people with so many different needs and interests and requests and whatnot um, to kind of draw on. So definitely do your homework, as we've said before, with any clinical team, do your homework and find somebody that can work with you. This person said, you know, there are just days when I need a break. And so I eat very low carb. Um, or, and I think that's completely reasonable, first of all. Mm -hmm. Um, and there should be options so that people know how to do that without being scared. Because if you, if your settings are set up for a lifestyle and then you suddenly swap that lifestyle to something else, your settings are going to be too heavy then. And you're going to have trouble. But she's like, it would have been nice if someone would have explained to me that, Hey, if you just don't want to eat a bunch of carbs today, switch to this basil program and do this, um, and I and I, I take her point. I think that's a really good point, actually. And or cover your meals, you know, learn how that learn what that means in terms of meal coverage, because it really should be a swap out of, OK, my basil does this because I've tested it. Mm, that should be work pretty well. I mean, I've got a lot of people I work with who, for religious reasons, do all day fasts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we even find with that having tested basil that sometimes on a fasting day, they may even need a 10% reduction in their base basil because there really is no food impact whatsoever through the course of the whole entire day. But the meal times themselves, if you're doing a type of fasting, that's more vegetables and protein, or just a little bit through the course of the day, or if you're doing any intermittent fasting where you're really only eating for six hours of the day or eight hours of the day, you may see different impacts than you do with all day food intake mm-hmm. of more, you know, mixed meal. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have time or do you have to go? No, I've got, let me check my, let me check my schedule. Um, I have five minutes. All right. So we'll do one more and then we'll kind of come back to this one. This person says, I wish someone would have told me that it's okay, right? To eat one way, to eat another way. But instead, I got a very restrictive care team that shamed us. And oh. it was it was really tough. You, you know, um, that's the... I'll tell you that of all the things, like I'm really freewheeling on my Facebook page, meaning like I let people talk like adults, you know, there are, I have very right. few rules, but shaming people about their food choices, I am not okay with ever. No. Uh, especially around diabetes, you can, you can cause eating disorders with very easily, um, you know, eating disorders with people with type one is, is, you know, more common. If someone wants to eat Kentucky fried chicken every day and learn how to bolus for it. That's their life. You let them do that. If someone never wants to take in a carb and wants their blood sugar to be, you know, 80, 24 hours a day, that's their decision. That is their decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I see, then everybody tries, you know, they, everybody tries to make their point. And, and the one thing I wanted to ask you before we go on this one is, do you, I mean, you're, listen, you're a trained dietitian, right? So you have type one diabetes. Do growing children need carbs to grow correctly? Mm, that's Go a ahead, good Jenny. question. I'm not, <laughs> say, I'm not saying a freaking word. You talk. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. I think the bigger the bigger piece to it that I always look to analyze when I get the questions from parents is calorically what's necessary, 
Mm-hmm. And within that then also becomes food preferences and what they currently look like and what you're considering transitioning into for your child. Let's say you think that it would be easier to just be carb-free or to be low-carb, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, most people who are not entirely carb-free. Children do need a a very set amount of nutrition intake through the day, carbs, proteins, and fats. Proteins and fats are really the very essential. I mean, they are. Protein is the building block of your body. You need fat for a lot of different functions, hormone and all that kind of stuff in the body. And carbs are the preferred energy source of the body. Mm -hmm. They are. They're fast. They get in. They give you this energy boost. And then they kind of digest and they come out. And that's sort of the reason that we eat every several hours if we are eating more normal carb types of meals. Um, So are carbs necessary? Carbs are necessary, I think, in a certain amount. What that amount is boils down to what are you looking at doing and how can we meet the overall nutrition need of your child where they are? Are they heavily into sports? Are they more sedentary? What is their growth percentile? Are they growing on par with where they started out prior to diagnosis? Do we need to make any adjustments? And then we can look at you want to aim to try lower carb because it might be a little bit easier in terms of glycemic control. Okay. But then we need to navigate those other pieces to make sure that they're meeting their growth needs. Okay. The fat and protein stuff. The fat and protein. Right. It's funny. You're making me think of Arden's friend who is a, um, she's like, I'm a vegetarian or, you know, and, but then she basically just eats like potato chips and stuff like that. (laughs) Yes, that's not. I think you're missing the point. You, I don't. You eat might meat. be a vegetarian, yeah, yeah. but uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's um. It, I think that what you just said just resonated with me so much. It made me feel like if everyone had you with them, I don't even mean diabetes or a person like you to stand behind you and go, "Okay, look, here's your lifestyle. Here's your need. If we eat these things in the course of a day, that's going to put your body." in the best position possible. Right. All right. And then the problem is that people then get caught up in, well, you need carbs to grow. Like, okay. Okay. You know, like maybe you do and maybe you don't. Let's just say you want to have carbs in your diet. And then there's a person over here who's eating like a pretty keto diet and they don't want that. Right. Just let live and let live. Like just let it be. You you know what I mean? And their their parameters, most often the the people that I've seen who are keto or more paleo or more just considering low carb, they've done enough homework or they've come in with, I'm trying to do this. This is what I really want to stick with. I'm missing something. Something isn't quite right. I don't feel quite right or whatever. So then we have some things to look at to make sure we're meeting glycemic goals as well as for kids, especially again, growth goals. Mm -hmm. I mean, protein is, it's a big piece of piece of growth and change and kids are growing rapidly. They, they need a good quality, you know, nutrition intake. Um, I think the bigger thing, if you're looking at carbs, are you looking at going low carb and getting an answer to whether carbs are necessary? Carbs like celery and cucumbers and kale and spinach and berries. If you're going to add carbs in small amounts, those are the ones you want. You don't want the processed like keto carby foods, 
that are just like tricking the body, the right? Only, the only time eliminating carbs from someone's diet makes me sad is when I see them do it because they can't figure out insulin. Correct. That That's all. Like if you want to do it as a choice, I understand. And if you figure out insulin and then decide, I still want to be low carb, I understand. But I feel badly when someone just didn't, you know, all the things we've talked about in this podcast forever, didn't learn how to bolus, didn't learn how to pre-bolus, didn't understand glycemic load, all that stuff. You don't understand any of it. And you're just stuck in a space where you're like, when I eat carbs, my blood sugar goes way up. I eventually give myself insulin. I get super low and I'm bouncing all over the place. And damn it, I'm not eating carbs anymore because I don't right. want to be un unwell. That, that to me, I don't know. I wish they knew. If they knew and they decided to do it, I understand. But if they don't know and they just are being pushed into it because they're scared, well, I would, Correct. you know, I would hope that somehow they could learn before they made that decision. No, but, I am a hundred percent agree there. A hundred percent. All right. So Jenny, the next time we do this, we'll come back and make sure we're done with this list before we move to the next one. You can go Perfect. do your thing. I hope Sounds you good. have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. First, I'd like to thank Jennifer Smith for helping me again on the podcast today and remind you that she works at IntegratedDiabetes.com. I also want to thank Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. Go check out all the trials and offers at Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox and Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. Those links, of course, are available in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com. I hope you're enjoying the Bold Beginning series. There's way more coming, so keep downloading them every Friday. If you've been enjoying the podcast, here's a couple of things you can do that will help me. You can leave a great rating and review wherever you listen. You can follow or subscribe in the podcast player or audio app that you listen in. You can tell a friend about the show. If you see a question online where people are like, I don't understand this, you could say, oh, you should try episode blah, blah, blah of the Juicebox podcast. That would be lovely as well. What else? Spy, listen, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, ooh, ooh, here's another one. You could join the Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Now with over 27,000, thousand Members, over 110 new posts a day. What am I trying to say? It's jumping over there. Full of great information and great community members. Go meet somebody just like you. I'm going to share a little something here at the end. I assume you're a real big fan if you're still listening once you know the podcast is over. But we're at the halfway point of 2022. The podcast is now as popular by download or stream. You understand you can download an episode or stream it while you're listening. A download or a stream count the same for me. And in 2022, the show has as many downloads or streams already at the halfway point of the year as it did in the entire year of 2021. Now, not only is that true and amazing, and I thank you very much, but the best day in 2021, like the day with the most downloads, it was the day of the year. I was like, I cannot believe this many people downloaded the show today. That kind of thing, right? That amount 
the best amount from 2021 is now about, mm, I'm not great with percentages. Give me a second. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. I'm back. I used the calculator. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So the, that, that show, that one show that had the most downloads in 2021, it has about 21% fewer downloads than an average day in 2022 does. That is bananas. As a matter of fact, what I would consider a slow day on the podcast is now only 14% lower than what the best day of 2021 was. That is crazy growth. It is because of you. It's because you're sharing, you're listening, you're subscribing. I can't thank you enough. It's really astonishing. And, and um, really, you could knock me over with a feather when I see stuff like this. Absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate you supporting the show. I hope you're enjoying the Bold Beginning series. Don't forget, there's a ton of other series within the podcast. If you go to that private Facebook group, scroll to the top, click on the Featured tab. There's lists of all of them. I'm not going to bother you here with all of them, but there's so many about how people eat and uh, the Pro Tip series, the Defining Diabetes stuff, stuff about thyroid and pregnancy, mental health, on and on and on. Go check it out. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.